Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. What's up, you guys? Sean Wasap here for the Fightful.com podcast, October 21st edition, brought to you by Trig Tent, Draft Beast, and On. And if you want a different kind of political coverage this election season, go to TrigTent.com, one of the great supporters of the Fightful.com podcast. Also, check out our newly revamped podcast page over at Fightful.com slash podcast. Click any of those links. You'll see the On It uh, sponsor button there. Click that. Use the same supplements, equipment, and apparel used by Triple H, Cesaro, Seth Rollins, Bailey, all kinds of people. Also, of course, check out draftbeast.com. I am joined today by one Vincent Russo. What's your middle name, uh, Vince? Vincent James Russo. Sean, listen, you know I got ADD, right? Yeah, I do. Bro, too. what's that dot over your shoulder that's driving me nuts? <sighs> that's, that's where my whiteboard was stuck. Oh. I'm not going to be looking at that now the whole show. That little white dot's driving me crazy. But go ahead. I'm ready, bro. What are we doing today? Come on. You know, I I left it there because I didn't think anybody would notice. I know. You're the first person to notice. Okay. What are we talking about today, bro? Come on. Hit me with your best shot over here. Let's go, Jordan Rossap. My best shot. Well, I guess we can jump into it. You were brought up in the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. Oh, I don't know about that, so you might as well break the news to me. But I, I'm not going to let it piss me off. I'm just going to let it roll off my shoulders. They told the whole story about the email thing. The Mike Johnson email. Oh, uh, this. What? Why, why are they still talking about that, bro? Well, because of the TNA stuff. I think they they were implying that that was the first domino that fell. No, bro. You know yeah. what was the domino that fell? And I'll say well, it again for the thousandth time, Sean. And I know it sure as hell wasn't anything that happened in 2014. <laughs> no, Sean. This is what it was. You know. But again, no, nobody wants to talk about this because they want to figure out a way where Vince Russo was the first domino, bro. John Gaborik got hired by TNA. His first month on the job, he sent home Eric Bischoff. Eric Bischoff was the executive producer of Impact on Spike. The Spike executives loved Eric Bischoff. That was a major, major, major mistake, and that was the beginning of the end. Not a Mike Johnson, Vince Russo freaking email. The fact that Gaborik's first month on the job, he sent home Bischoff, who Spike was a huge fan of. That's that's the truth. That was a, in my opinion, bro, that was a huge mistake. And right then and there, Spike knew they were not gonna they were not going to renew the deal. They never liked working with Dixie Carter. They didn't respect Dixie Carter. Everything I got there when I was a consultant, John Gaborik did not have a good relationship with them. The minute Bischoff was sent home, the deal was done. Did he face any repercussions from Spike over 
sending Eric Bischoff home? I well, besides the show getting canceled. Sean, I don't know, but this is what I do know, bro. See, no, these these Mike Johnsons and the Dave Meltzes and all these people. That they, they, bro, the fact that they never call me or talk to me, they they, they don't get facts. Sean, do you know when Eric Bischoff was sent home, he was under contract with TNA, so he was still on their payroll, right? So, bro, you Mm -hmm. know how TNA works, and you know how Dixie Carter works. Do you know what they had him doing? So, basically, the idea was give him something to do so it feels like he's earning earning his money. Guess what they had Eric Bischoff do, bro? What's that? They had him review the shows. And here's why I know this, bro. He, They would send me Bischoff's reviews. And, bro, from beginning to end, he ripped the show. Bro, uh, you know how, like, I review Raw and I'm not very mm-hmm. positive? Bro, this was 100 times worse than that. There was never one positive thing on his reviews. And, bro, guess what Bischoff did in return? He sent that review to Spike. Because when I got it, when I when they forwarded to me, it was on the forward that he was sending those same reviews to Spike. So Spike was reading every single week how much Eric hated the show, who they thought very highly of. Bro, right then and there, they knew they were not renewing the contract. So it was like a, a post-production review. Yes, yes. And, bro, like I said, you you could read my review, Sean. Bro, they were like – they were a hundred times worse. I mean, Eric's – literally, Eric wrote them to bury TNA to Spike. That's why he wrote them. Did anybody make adjustments accordingly or was oh, it just – no, no. They, they, they kind of – you know, like I said, bro, that, that was their way of, okay, we're still paying him. We have to give him something to do. But, like, you know, in-house – they didn't pay any attention to it. Wonder how much he was making at that time. You know, that. Oh God, who I, I don't want to know, bro. Because that that would that would upset me. I don't want to know. But that's that that's the reality of the situation, bro. Wasn't a freaking Vince Russo email. John Gaborik told me, and I t- I told the story a million times. Spike knew that I was consulting on the show. If 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 and, and bro, he, he, here's what's so ridiculous about their story. Say for argument's sake. Spike didn't know I was consulting on the show, which Gaborik told me. Vince, I told him, and they, they were okay with it. Say, say Gaborik lied to me, for argument's sake. Once Spike found out, bro, don't you think they would say, guys, you either get rid of Vince Russo right now or we're not going to renew the show? The, the, the fact that they actually try to spin it like, oh, Spike ended their relationship with, uh, with TNA because Vince Russo was a consultant and they didn't know about it. Do you know how if, – if they, if they knew one iota about television and how TV works and networks and TV executives, bro, one iota, they would realize how ridiculous their story is. So, so you're saying that's not the reason why Spike? Absolutely not, bro. Because also, like I said, Gaborik told Spike I was consulting. Gaborik told me they were cool with it. Even if Gaborik was lying to me, say Gaborik was lying and he never told them, okay? If, if when the email leaked, if Spike would have found out that way, don't you think they would have told TNA, cut off all communication with Vince Russo whatsoever right now, or else we're not reviewing the sh- we're not renewing the show? Bro, they knew they were not renewing that show long, long before that. When this all happened, I remember John Gaborik posted on Twitter saying that the swerve still works and all this stuff, implying that the story had been put out there by TNA that you were still working, uh, working for them. I mean, I know that that was obviously a, a tumultuous time for you in your career and stuff, but what was your relationship like with John Gaborik at that point? Oh, no, everything was great, bro. Every, every, everything was great. But, bro, he, 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 here's the thing, man. Like, that's so freaking ridiculous. Bro, I was covering this up for them for so long. And, sure, and again, you have to understand, I didn't care if people knew I was consulting for TNA. I could have cared less. That It wasn't my secret. It was my employer saying, Vince, we don't want you to tell anybody. We don't want this out, blah, 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 blah. So we, we yeah everything was fine bro I covered it up for almost a year 
Uh, but but again, what happened was, and th- you know, this is why it happened. They 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 kept increasing my role. So now it got to the point where they wanted me to work with the announcers. Okay, so for the very first time, I had to send an email to uh, Mike Tanay and Taz. When I wrote in my computer, Mike, and I wasn't paying attention. There, Mike Johnson was, you know, you know how like the email address is automatic. Sure. I, I had Mike Johnson on there and without looking or without realizing anything, I, I sent it to Mike Johnson. Here's the funny thing, bro. I was covering this up or covering for them or keeping their secret for almost a year. John Gaborik accused me of sending it to Mike Johnson on purpose. And that that's when the, the fireworks really started because I'm like, Bro, what what would be the logic of me keeping your secret for 10 months and then sending an email to a guy I absolutely loathe? Like what like what like what would be the logic behind that? And then when he accused me of that, that's when things really really turned for the worse between me and them. Also wrote in the observers that that situation was what was the as they as they say, it was the straw that broke the camel's back. Now both TNA and Spike have denied this, but both Spike and TNA had denied a lot of things through that period. So you you are saying that you you don't see that as the case? Not at all, bro. Like I said, bro, I'm telling you, I was not consulting for TNA when Gaborik sent Bischoff home. I was at home like everybody else, but you got to understand. I I was there. I knew how Spike felt about Eric Bischoff. I I I, knew, I was there when I read that, and I wasn't even working for them, employed in any way. I I right then and there, I said, "Holy shit, that is a huge, huge freaking mistake." They don't want to work with Dixie. They don't respect the Dixie. It was John's way of flexing his muscles, and I was like, "That is going to come back to haunt them." that's when Spike decided not to renew their contract. And I can't believe nobody talks about that, bro. Nobody talks about that when it it, it is the freaking elephant in the room and the reason why that relationship fell apart. Why do you think they liked Bischoff so much? I mean, he, uh, he had experience. He had beaten Vince. They actually had worked with him before because he was – in the WWE when they were on Spike. So, I mean, they well, were familiar bro, I'm, with I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to take anything away from Eric Bischoff. Eric Bischoff does many, 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 many things better mm-hmm. than Vince Russo does. I, I, I give him all the credit in the world for that, bro. I, he, Eric Bischoff has a skill set. I've got a skill set. They're completely different. He does some things, and he's great at some things I can't do. But, bro, these – okay, you got to understand – These were the Spike executives, bro, that had been working with Dixie Carter. Bro, everybody now is starting to see, you know, Dixie Carter. Like, bro, I'll never forget when Billy first got – when Billy first became the minority owner of TNA. And anybody can go check it on my podcast. I had him on my show. And he said to me, he goes, Vince, are you meaning to tell me that you don't think a wrestling company could be successful under the the direction and guidance of Dixie Carter? I said, Billy, absolutely not. No. No, I don't either. And he said, Vince, I disagree with you. Okay. Oh well, look look where that situation is now. So now now the real now the real Dixie is coming out, bro. Spike saw that real Dixie years and years and years ago. They had no respect for her. She could never make a decision. The 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 tail was wagging the dog. Now in steps steps Eric Bischoff. Now you got to understand how intelligent. Eric Bischoff is. Eric Bischoff sees a situation and every situation he uses to his advantage. He knew the Spike executives did not like Dixie. He knew they did not respect Dixie. Now he comes in with all this television knowledge. And let's face it, bro. Spike knew nothing about wrestling. Nothing. Zero. Nothing. I don't want to say Eric worked them because Eric didn't know what he was talking about. There's no doubt about it. But, I mean, Eric, w- within a very limited time, made Spike feel like, finally, somebody who knows what the hell they're doing, finally, we can move forward. Uh, you know, they, they lived and died on everything Eric told them. And one day, bro, without good reason, Eric Bischoff, gone. 
and you're going to tell me an email to Mike Johnson carried that same kind of impact? Bro, that, that is so ridiculous, it's not even funny. Was the pun intended there? What? What did I say? Carried the same kind of impact? No, no, I didn't even realize I said that. No. <laughs> and I'll ask you this. Uh, if they had never hired Hogan and Bischoff, do you think they'd be in better financial no position doubt. today? No, no doubt. Bro, they, they, they never recovered from paying those two. They never recovered from it, bro. I don't know what they were being paid. I have no idea. But I, I here's what I could tell you, bro. The minute they had to pay those salaries, you immediately saw less marketing, less advertising, less promotion. The money had to come from somewhere. That, 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 that's my point, bro. The money had to come from somewhere to pay those two. And the money that they paid those guys, bro, they never got out from underneath it. You got to keep in mind, Sean, Dixie, this, this, again, bro, he, he is, this, this is Dixie's shortcomings. Dixie wanted Hulk Hogan. Dixie had no interest in Eric Bischoff. She didn't go over after Eric Bischoff whatsoever. But you know how Bischoff and Hogan work. And Hogan gave her the old, well, you want me? You've got to hire my friend for God knows how much money. She wasn't interested in in Eric, but Dixie got worked. And for what she paid them, for as long as she paid them, they have never ever been able to get out from underneath that i think one of the most disenfranchising things i remember from that period is right after hogan and bischoff came in and when they got hired i was like cool maybe this will help launch things into the forefront like everybody from that hulkamania australian tour got jobs like brian knobs and jerry sags got jobs yep bubba the love sponge got a job Uh, orlando jordan who i think is Underrated in some aspects, got a job. Val Venus, who I think is also underrated in some aspects, got a job but was being put over like Christopher Daniels and Jeff Jarrett and people like that. Then he split. What was – well, first, like what was your reaction when they're like, okay, so the nasty boys are coming in? Oh, my God, bro. I can remember specifically, and you should bring him on this show sometime – uh, I can remember when, you know, that, you know, we were we were told that in a meeting with Eric and Ed Ferrara, who is the most mild mannered guy you ever want to meet, bro. That's why him and I got along, you know, bro. He he literally got in a verbal altercation with Eric. Like, basically, are you freaking kidding me? The nasty boys. But that was it, bro. They came in and Dixie did every single thing they wanted to do. She, bro, it, it's this simple. She was a mark for Hulk Hogan. And it didn't matter what a Vince Russo would have told her. It didn't matter what a Jeff Jarrett told her. It didn't matter what anybody told her. She was a Hogan mark. Bro, can I tell you a story, Sean? See, bro, I, 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 I regret. See, here's why I kicked myself in the backside. Because I tell you these stories and then you take these freaking headlines and you go run, <laughs> run, run. Sean, I got to tell you something. Back up years later, this is a true story. I can remember, Sean, we were at Orlando. And um, this is before Hogan and Bischoff were were hired. Hogan came down to the Impact Studios to talk to a couple of his buddies or whatever. And they put him in a green room, okay? Dixie had never met Hogan before. Sean, I swear to you. I was there that moment when Dixie was getting ready to meet Hulk Hogan for the first time. Bro, if you can picture like a 12-year-old girl getting a meet and greet with Justin Bieber, like, bro, (laughs) multiply that by a thousand. Bro, she was literally shaking because she was about to meet freaking Hulk Hogan. That is a true story because I never forgot that because I was like, are you effing kidding me? And what ran through my mind was, oh, my God, if, like, there was ever an opportunity of her getting this guy to work here, bro, this guy could write a check with 
any number on it he wanted, and she would have paid him. And, bro, I'll fast forward backwards, Sean. I don't know if I told you the story or not, but I remember back in 2002 when I almost went um, to get hired by the WWE, and I, I had to remind Vince about the Bash at the Beach problem. I said, Vince, how will you want to handle this between me and Hogan? In 2002, Vince looked me in the eye and said, Vince, I don't give a crap about Hulk Hogan. He's not drawing me one dime. Fast forward 10 years later, and Dixie Carter is paying this guy the farm, which would eventually help put her out of business. The Nasty Boys didn't last long there either, did they? No, not at all. You know know what bothered me the most about that? They had really cool merch. And I wanted to hate them so much, but their merch was actually really cool. What was cool? That, what was the, the, like that the I am nasty shirt? I, th- I was like, man, that's pretty cool. I, I was like, that. That, especially consider you know, you know how some wrestling shirts are. Let's yeah. be real. Yeah, but I got to tell you, bro, I you brought it up before, and I just want to uh, th- throw in. I was a fan of Orlando Jordan. I felt he was grossly, grossly, grossly underrated. I thought he was a very, very talented guy. He was really versatile in his performance. He wasn't afraid to, I don't want to say exploit his sexuality, but use it in yeah. Yeah. a, a storyline. There are some guys that aren't cool with that. Um, but I just thought it was a little weird. I mean, like I'm, I'm remembering back and like immediately, like he beat the Pope and he beat Jay lethal and he beat Samoa Joe. And I remember him beating Tom Co like right out of the gate. And I'm like, damn, these are guys that, TNA's put some stock in. I remember Tomko looked like he was going to be something yeah. after that AJ Styles. Yeah, I liked I liked him a lot. I really, really liked Tomko a lot. But, uh, yeah, you know, he had problems and stuff. I, I'm under the impression he cleaned up. I wanted to do a feature on him like I did on – You Muhammad should, Hassan. bro. That would be great. That would be terrific. I've, I'm, I'm friends with him on, like, Facebook or Twitter or something, but I, he got rid of his Twitter, and it's hard to contact him. But I, from what I understand – he opened a gym and runs it and is doing very, Good very well. And, bro, I got to tell you something about Tomko. I swear to God. Bro, you know me being in the wrestling business. Bro, you know I worked with a lot of beautiful women. You know that. You know, I don't need to tell sure. you. Bro, Tomko's wife may have been the most beautiful woman I ever saw in my life. She was freaking gorgeous. But he was – bro, I loved working with him, man. He was really a great guy. He and AJ Styles had really good chemistry. Also, yeah. he and Christian in yes. WWE had some. Well, bandits. yeah, the TNA too. They had great chemistry. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, that was that was a really good period. Yeah. I thought. You know what's a travesty, Vince? Charlie Sheen's not going to throw out the first pitch for the Indians at the Cleveland Indians. Isn't that weird? Shouldn't they do that? Or you're an Indian fan, right? No, no, I'm not. Oh. I'm a Reds fan. Oh, okay. I hate the Indians. Do you really? I hate the Indians. I hate the Indians and the Cubs. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, who is throwing out the first pitch? I don't know, but it's not Charlie Sheen, and he should be. Uh, I don't know, bro. I mean, there's got to be like a Cleveland Cleveland Indian dignitary that's more deserving than Charlie Sheen, I would think. No, bro? Albert Bell, Cub- maybe? Albert Bell? Albert Bell? I thought they hated him because who he knows? left for Chicago. Who knows? You remember all the hate that guy got in like 96? Yeah. Yeah. You remember when he blasted Joey Cora coming to second base and laid him out? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was scary. Yeah, I do. That's the first time I was – well, I can't say it's the first time I was scared of a baseball player because I went to Reds games when Rob Dibble was there. And you couldn't go to a Reds game without fear of getting struck in the face with a baseball if Rob Dibble was pitching. Did you ever go to the – I'm assuming you went to the old Riverfront, right, bro? Oh, yeah. yeah I saw I saw a game at yes, Riverfront once. It was an ashtray stadium, yeah. but you know I loved it. The, the old Astro turf they don't do anymore. Yeah, yeah. Man, imagine trying to play on that. Yeah, God, bro. I remember I went to a game in St. Louis when they had the Astro turf, and bro, the Astro turf was like freaking blue, and like you yeah. couldn't pick up the ball at the game. Man, I I hated the experience. I never knew where the ball was. I miss Riverfront, but Great American Ballparks are really, yeah, it is really nice, nice, bro. Stadium. Yeah, we, I checked that out when we were there with TNA. I checked out the park; it's really nice. Uh, the thing I like about Cincinnati is the football stadium, the baseball stadium, and then US Bank Arena are all next door to each other. Yeah. Like, bro, you know, good friend, bro, you know, good friend of mine, bro. The mayor, the mayor is a good friend of mine, bro. Sean Casey, love him, love Sean Casey. Bro. Wow, yeah, great, what really a great guy. Dude. Oh my god, the best, bro. 
Yeah, he calls games for the Pirates now. So Oh, does he really? I didn't even he know that. I swear to hell. I see him on MLB a lot. I didn't know he was calling games for the Pirates. I think he does because when the Reds are in Cincinnati, he'll call games for the Reds. Or when the Reds are in Pittsburgh, rather. Yeah. Or vice versa, which I think is kind of cool. He's he's actually he's you know, he's different. Yeah, he's great. he's not the typical baseball voice that you hear. Yeah. There's a lot of great personalities, bro. Like, I love watching MLB TV for two reasons. There's great personalities, and every freaking girl is smoking hot. <laughs> you all had is, is uh, what's his name? The Chris guy. Didn't you all have him on the show once? Chris Rose. On CNA. Chris Rose, Chris yeah. Rose. Yeah, Chris Rose was on the show once, yeah. I thought you all had him on, yeah. on TNA. Yeah. Because you all had the, the Fox Sports deal. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. I remember that. I would watch it on... Friday afternoons, I would yeah, I, and I yeah. would watch TNA Impact. I think Piper, um, yeah, uh, did the old uh, fire extinguisher on Chris Rose. He did. Yeah. I, I remember that as well. Yeah. Man, so TNA's getting sued by everybody, Vince. Mm. I mean everybody. Mm. Now, the, the talents that I spoke to portrayed Billy Corgan, maybe not as their savior, but their potential savior, their last hope. By all means, it looks like he's going to be gone. Yeah. It looks like Fight Network may just pay him whatever he wants and just to be like, see ya. Yeah. I can't imagine that the feeling backstage would be too hot right now over that. Which, here, here's, here's a benefit of that. There is no backstage for another three months. Yeah. But you know what, Sean? Here's the bottom line, bro. And I hate to say this, but it's the truth because it's the wrestling business. Bro, whoever they feel is paying them, they're going to kiss up to. So, you know, if yeah. Billy's gone and Gaborik's the guy again, they're going to kiss up to Gaborik because Gaborik is the guy paying them. And I understand that completely. So I don't think there's going to be as, as much of a backlash as people would think because they, they just want to get paid. And rightfully so, that's all they should want to do. Well, to be fair to these people, the people that I generally – speak to and it's really inconsistent sometimes some people will answer my questions other times people don't want anything to do with me but i don't i think there's been one guy all along that has said positive things about dixie running the company and that changed that changed and you don't want to this is the person who oh, so you want to say who that is no absolutely not okay you wouldn't want me to say who it is i feel like you you yeah. like the person i bro i'll be honest with you i pro, i'm sure i love the person but God, bro, if you know anything about business, I don't know how anybody could think Dixie Carter is good for business. Well, well, I know they, they directly have her to thank for their job. Yeah, well, I, and I get that. Yeah, I totally get that. But yeah. but still, bro, it's like, I mean, I was around her in so many business um, situations. I mean, bro, like there's no way. I mean, bro, I'm a horrible businessman, and I could have run that company better than Dixie so it seems like Anthem are the ones that are financing TNA at this point. They run the Fight Network. To me, Vince, they have to have control of the video library. That would be the only motivation to do this, right? Because they have a network that they want yeah. to fill out content. Bro, Sean, explain to me exactly what the Fight Network is. What is, what is that? Okay, let me. I want to make sure that that I get this right because I am I'm not Canadian. Because yeah, but. okay, so it's a Canadian based network, but it's not in the U.S. Yes, it's Canadian based English language category B specialty channel devoted to airing programming related to mixed martial arts, boxing, kickboxing, pro wrestling, and other combat sports. But not in the U.S. in Canada. Yes, I believe it's in Canada. It's in Toronto. Okay, okay. it's on. Let's see, it's on Bell Optic. Saskatel, Via Media, MTS, yeah. Okay, yeah, so it's probably pretty big out there in Canada. They show uh, Tommy Dreamer's show, or they did show Tommy Dreamer's show. I don't know if they still do. Yeah, okay, all right, I know what you're talking about now, yeah. yeah. So I would think that the only reason that they would invest is, but the thing is, I don't know, maybe they had to get a certain investment to get the rights to the library, and then when it dies, they can have it. I don't know. I don't know, bro. I don't know. My my biggest concern about TNA is like I don't care about all that. My biggest concern is that IRS thing, bro, because that's serious. Like that's that's jail. Like that, the, you know, Dixie, you know, with credit creditors of creditors, bro. When it's the freaking government, that's a whole other ball of wax, man. That's I, I I'm concerned about that for her. Yeah, David Bixenspan uncovered a ton of stuff from Tennessee, like. 
mm. that they had liens, that they – Well, Sean, you want to know something? Sean, going back to when I worked there, okay? Sean, this, and listen, this is why I know it's true because I raised the red flag at the time. Sean, I was an employee. I got medical benefits, the whole nine yards. I had a salary, okay? Bro, do you know they paid me as an independent contractor and never took taxes out of my check? Really? And I, I, every, every two weeks, I would say, guys, I, w- what are you doing? I don't understand what you're doing. I'm a, I'm an employee. I signed it. What is it? A 1040. You know, I, I have medical. Why are you paying me like an independent contractor and TNA being TNA never addressed it. And every year, bro, I got stuck paying my own taxes. So when I hear that about the IRS, there's no doubt in my mind that's 100% legit. It appears that they're going to do tapings in January, which is crazy because that's all TNA really has to do is get through the tapings. And then they're good for another three or four months and another three or four months. It's just how they are. I'll tell you one thing I do like is the idea to film two episodes at the Hardy compound, including a Christmas episode, apparently, Vince. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. I mean, I just, man, I, I think I, I know like Jeremy and Matt Hardy, I know that, you know, they're mainly responsible for that, but I know that Billy is too. I just, I, I just hate to kind of see that without his involvement, but you know, those guys will do a good job. I hate to see TNA at all without his involvement at this yeah. point. Yeah. I really hate to see that. You know what I love to see Vince? What do you got? I'm not hitting you with a segue. I promise. I don't do those anymore. All right. Braun Strowman. Yeah. You know, those were, those were two Rocky Mountain Pro guys. You know that, I, right, bro? I did. And one of, one of the guys that. got his head busted open, five stitches and five staples, bro. Curtis Cole. Was it the one that he threw 75 feet? No, it was the one that he posted. That's where he got his head busted open. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, that throw was impressive. That throw was, was... The, probably the best thing on the show. Yeah, I'm starting to like this guy. Yeah. He's not bad on the mic either. Yeah, no, he's not bad. But but again, bro, you got to go back to like, why the hell did they waste so much time? <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's the thing that drives me freaking crazy. When you got somebody that looks like this and is, you know, obviously a freak and different from the get-go, why isn't he a major project? You know what I mean? I think they're doing the right thing with him there. They're making him look strong. That's That's part of the thing. One of the reasons I'm so interested in him, Vince, is he's not been exposed. He's not been pinned 20 times in a year. Yeah, yeah. So when Sami Zayn shows up, and Sami Zayn is literally the underdog, quote-unquote, I'm like, okay, Sami Zayn can wrestle. Sami Zayn has a challenge in front of him here. I wonder what – I'm interested to see what they can get out of him. And, you know, it should be Braun Strowman beating him. It absolutely should. Oh, it's got to be, bro. I mean, it because has to be. He's he's a pretty agile big man. You don't see that a lot these days. I am turning the corner on Braun Str- I already have. Yeah. I love Braun Strowman. You said on Monday in your Raw review, you mentioned that Neville deserves better and you wish yeah. you could work with him. God, that, surprised, bro. that surprised a lot of people. Oh, bro, I've been putting Neville over since I saw him on NXT. I've been putting Neville over. And, and you know, the, the thing I always get back is he's injury prone. That's what I always hear. I can't imagine what else it could be, bro. Bro, I, to me, Neville is better than Zayn. Ne- Neville is better than Owens. I I would pay money to see Neville before I would pay to see Kevin Owens. And and I, I don't know if it is the injury thing, bro. I don't know what it is, but I don't God, I what you talk about freaking wasting somebody, man. I don't get it with him. They have a cruiserweight division, and if you put him next to everybody, now I I all the time I'm saying we disagree on the looking like a star thing, but in comparison to those guys. He looks different. Yep. I would have immediately had him come in and beat TJ Perkins for that title and be a heel and make those points. Yeah. Say you all went through this whole tournament and I just beat you no problem. Yeah, and I've been and I, yeah. run rough shot. Yeah, and I've been here the whole time. And, and you know, that's the thing, bro. He he has one of the better entrances. He's got a really cool entrance. He's got a cool I mean, he is a, a little big. You can't do nothing about that. But you know, he looks cool. I, I don't I don't know what it is, bro. I think they've they've missed the boat with that guy since he they moved him up to WWE. Also, he's a familiar name. People know who he is. Yeah. At least the rest. He, okay, I'll say this: casual fans don't know who he is. 
but the people watching the show knows who know who he is. Yeah. And they don't know most of the guys that they're putting in this cruiserweight division. Yeah. They know Kendrick, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I don't uh, yeah. but I would I would have Neville hasn't exploded as a baby face. Why not try him as a heel? You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow. (laughs) I could really use Current. (laughs) I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. They, I'm the reason this division's even here to begin with. They saw right. me, and they knew they had to get a division. I think they're really missing the boat there. I think they're missing the boat with a few people. You know, you could have several people on the roster right now in that cruiserweight division. Give it some name recognition. Yeah. They didn't, they didn't institute a women's 135-pound weight division just all willy-nilly. Ronda Rousey was in it. They built it around her. Yeah. You have a name. Yeah. Use it. I agree. Hulk Hogan, in an exclusive story on Fightful.com, got a, approximately $10 million, allegedly, from the Laser Spine Institute. Did he get that much out of you, Vince? Oh, God. Did he really, bro? $10 million off of bad back surgery and stuff? Yeah. Oof. Did he get that much out of you, Vince? Not out of me. He didn't win that lawsuit. Hmm. Hmm. What's that mean? Just trying to get another headline out of you, Vince. No, that freaking bro. You, I'll give you a great headline. We, you know, he sued me for defamation of character. Yeah, it goes in front of the first judge. The first judge says, "Okay, let me get this straight, Mister Bolea. Vince Russo, inside of a wrestling ring, ring at a wrestling event, referring to you as your wrestling name." cut a promo on you, and you want defamation charges, the judge basically said that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard and threw out the case. Guess what Hogan did? What did he do? He appealed it. It went to the next judge, and the next judge said, let me get this straight, Mr. Bollea. Mr. Russo cut a wrestling promo in a wrestling ring on a wrestling program, addressed you by your character name, and you're suing him for defamation of character? The second judge threw it out. And that's when he finally quit. Interesting. Yep. Frenchie Martin passed away. That's oh, terrible. I didn't know that, bro. When did that happen? Uh, apparently last night or this morning. It's terrible. Oh, how old was he, bro? 66. That's it? Yeah. Isn't that crazy to think? Oh, are you st- that can't be right. Bro, that can't let me, let me, be right. Let me make I mean, sure. that, bro, there's no way, bro. Somebody uh I was watching Frenchie Martin when I was a freaking kid. There's no way guy was only ten years older than me. Sixty-six. Are you serious? July nineteen forty seven or sixty well, they're conflicting. Okay, no, July nineteen forty seven. Sixty nine. Sixteen. Well sorry. Okay. What did he die of, bro? Just what? Um, I feel like he had uh, bladder cancer. Yeah, he had bladder cancer. Oh, wow. Rick Martell reported the news of the death this morning. Oh, I'm sad to hear that. He was a good personality, man. He was. Uh, our thoughts out to the family, the friends, the fans of Fr- Frenchie Martin. Yep. Meanwhile, DDP is only nine years younger than him. DDP DDP 60 now, huh? Yeah. Weird for me to think. God, bro, I was watching the Today Show the other day, bro, which was hard for me. Bro, Cher is 70. Wow. 70, bro. Like, I can't even, like, fathom that. And she still she she, looks damn good for a 70-year-old woman. I'll tell you that. I think she's the reason why a lot of people got plastic surgery. But back in the day, she never overdid it. No, no. She still looks good, bro. She, like, I mean, for a 70-year-old woman, man, she looks okay. And she's not plastic surgeried up. Let me see. Yeah, she doesn't look bad. For seven. Yeah. For seven. For 70. And her mom's still alive at 90. Is her mom still Georgian, right? Georgian, so, yeah. Georgian. Her mom is 90? Holy 90. crap, bro. 
Yeah, her mom was very, very attractive at one time. Which, bro, can't say that. Bro, how did, bro, can you explain this to me? How the freak did John Laurinaitis Paul lay himself into this freaking? <laughs> oh, bro, I had no idea he was dating a mother, and I'm sitting there watching a Bella show to enjoy some nice uh, Nikki cleavage. And I'm like, you, this freaking guy, Paul laid himself into this family in that show. I could not freaking believe it, bro. So how about this family that's coming together? Listen, listen to this. And if John Cena marries Nikki Bella, right? Then this, then this family will be consist of Nikki Bella, Brie Bella, Daniel Bryan, John Cena, People Power, Johnny Laurinaitis, and Road Warrior Animal via marriage. Wait, now how's Animal fix into that now? He's uh, John Laurinaitis' brother. Oh, that's right. Oh my, bro, I, bro. Listen, with all due respect, they got John Laurinaitis. Got to get out. They, they got to can. They got to shit can him. I mean, bro, stop already with that, bro. Can I ask you this? Have you watched that show at all? I watched the first episode. Are they working the whole John scene? Is that much of a heel? They, they've got to be right. Gotta be. They got to be, be right, bro. There's no way the freaking guys like that, right? See. Has he continued to do that through the next two episodes? I haven't really watched, but I just watched that first okay. one. Because at the end, that was my thing, is that, you know, at the end he's like, okay, I realize I'm a little too stern, and that he would be more open yeah. and happy. Yeah, he's talking about putting the dog down. Yeah, there's <laughs> no way, bro. Like, I was watching that. I'm like, bro, there's no freaking way. Uh, uh, bro, I, I kind of get the feeling that he's doing it for his own enjoyment. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? Because he's like, because he'll say things like, what do you want us to do? And he goes, well, we call animal services. Yeah. That's what people do. <laughs> and I was dying. That was great. That was, that my was wife great. watched it with me. Yeah. Cause she, she's not a reality show fan, but in my opinion, you have to care about the people. And I care about these people. I watch them every week. Yeah. yeah. So. Bro. I was reading today. I was I, a little concerned about this, bro. Cause a lot of times, like I'll just catch headlines and I won't read anything. Cause th- th- that's just me. But I was, uh, I caught a headline today of like Brie Bella did a uh, interview with Daniel Bryan dealing with depression. Have you heard of anything about this? Yeah. He's dealt with that for about 10 years. I read his book. His book is unbelievable. It's fantastic. He is. And so- he talks a lot about that. He talks a little bit about it. Yeah. He's really brutally honest in his book. Yeah. Like you would be like, how did WWE publish this? That's what you would think. Yeah. And I would imagine it got really worse in the last two years, which she confirmed. But um, there oh, are things that, that lead sucks, me to – bro. That's – yeah. 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 Well, it's terrible. What going to say? There are things – I mean, I think he's wrestling again. Not in WWE, but – I think the reason he took this job was so his contract would unfreeze. Yeah, that's what a lot of people say, you know. But God, I I, I did see. I hate to hear the depression part of it, you know, bro. I saw a hilarious clip from Total Bellas though. He is at the performance center with Nikki Bella when she's training for her return, right? Right. And he's showing Sami Zayn this new style of wrestling that he's developed to protect from concussions. And he's like, I can't tell if he's joking or not, Vince. He's like moving like an animal and doing cartwheels and like keeping a low stance. And like when Sami Zayn will kick him in the chest, he'll roll back instead of bumping and he'll go for like low single legs. And I'm like, and the thing is, Vince, the reason I would normally think it's a joke, but you can tell he's practiced it. Yeah. Maybe it's, maybe it's not a joke, bro. Maybe that's his way of, you know, the WWE (laughs) giving him a chance, you know? And he says, I, I specifically designed this style for my match with Brock. And I'm like, oh, my God. Jeez. It's, he is undercover. Just a hilarious Oh, uh, yeah. He's a great dude, bro. Like, the, for, yeah. I mean, you could just tell. Like, that's a guy that – that's a great guy. Yeah. And I'm sitting, I'm watching that show, and, you know, I, I like Nikki and Bree, but I'm like, thank God Daniel Bryan yeah. and John Cena are here for bro, the comedic relief. Bro, you know when I saw that, when I had to go – uh, bro, two years ago, I had to go to to work a WrestleMania gimmick, and I had to sit through that freaking Hall of Fame thing. And this is when they awarded that Connors Cure thing. And, bro, yeah. it is so freaking transparent when Stephanie and all those blowhards go up there and are putting themselves over for backing a great cause. When Daniel Bryant went up there, like I knew – this guy means every word he says. You, you know what I mean, yeah. bro? You knew this is not bullshit. This is not PR. This guy is totally, totally legit. And when I saw that, I mean, I fell in love with the guy because I was seeing all these phonies that were full of crap 
And then he went up there and I'm like, man, this, this guy's the real freaking deal, you know? Goldberg came back this week. What'd you think of that? You, you mentioned in your raw blog, uh, which is available exclusively on Fightful.com, go there, register for a free account, that you uh, were very happy for Goldberg. Very I know that happy. you two haven't had the best of relationships. Yeah. Yeah, no, bro, I thought he did a hell of a job. The intensity was still there. He looked good. I, 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 the, the fact that, you know, bro, you hear this from a lot of the guys that they were in their heyday really before they were married and had kids, and they always just wanted their kids to see it. And that was a great moment, bro. The fact that that little kid was there and he knocked it out of the freaking park. Um, I thought he did a phenomenal job. I just think it's unfortunate, bro. Every time they have to pop a number, they got to dig back into the well because they freaking can't get anybody over. And you I know what I hated. <clears throat> you know what I really hated was how they made every current star look like fanboys. Yeah, they were back there and they're like <gasps> Goldberg. Yeah. It's Goldberg. Yeah. Yay! Yeah. And and Big E, people were like, "Look at Big E's great reaction." I have a feeling he was trolling. I get the feeling that he was like, "This is ridiculous." Yeah, might have been. Yeah, but but Goldberg did a great job, or they they did a great job with yeah. that. I, I thought so too. Yeah. Paige and Del Rio are getting married, Vince. Now, this is the story that keeps on giving. Well, what's the latest now? I know about the proposal, and then her par- her father didn't like it. Then he went, you know, her brother didn't like and it, and they took that off yeah. Twitter. She had surgery this Wednesday. Yeah. She flew right after surgery. She got cussed out and yelled at somebody at the airport by her own admission. Do you think they actually tie the knot? Bro, everything I read, and I don't know anything that more than anybody else, but seems like she's freaking head over heels for this guy. And listen, let's yeah. face it. Yeah, Del Rio's a great-looking guy, bro. You know what I'm saying? And and the one time that I met him, he was a gentleman. I really, He's really liked him. a mask on him for years. I can't believe that, no. And people, when he came to WWE, people were like, they're taking his mask off? Oh, my gosh. I'm like, have you seen the dude? I mean, you know, I don't go that way, but it's easy to tell. Yeah, no, absolutely. The ladies like the guy. Bro, what's the the age difference there? Exactly. Age is. I'm going to say 16, 14, 14 or 16, I'm going to say. Age is 24 years old. Yeah. So I'm going to say 13. Alberto Del Rio is 39. So 15 years. Yeah. Yeah, no, it yeah. seems like she's head over heels and it seems like he's in love with her. And hey man, tied or not. Bro, what were the what was his what like what were the comments the father and the brother made? What were they not happy with? They just said, all I'll say is I am not happy that she's marrying that man. And then they deleted it. Interesting. Why well, why would you say would, why, why would you say something like that on social media, bro? Well, I mean, you said you had them all on your show, and they were a little out there. Yeah, but, but you know your daughter's going to read that, bro. Like, eh, you know? Also putting out there before she gets to speak that uh, she popped for painkillers. Oh, is that, Maybe not a hot idea. Is that what They did was? that last week, too. Yeah. Kind of rough. Kind of rough. AJ Styles is teasing an HBK match at Royal Rumble. Now, WWE hasn't. I'd never heard the rumor not a single person in the company, outside of the company, that has ever been affiliated with wrestling mentioned to me, hey, Sean, that HBK, he might be coming back for an AJ Styles match. This literally came about because an interviewer said, well, there are rumors HBK's coming back. There aren't. There are not. I can't stress that enough. There aren't. But AJ Styles continues to tease it. Now, I told my friend Vince last year, he brought it to my attention. He goes, Sean Michaels says he wants to stay away. It doesn't help when he shows up at WrestleMania in the best shape he's ever been in, including when he wrestled. Do you think there's any chance? You mentioned that he thought he might do something. No, I didn't say might. He's definitely doing something at the Royal Rumble, bro. Definitely, definitely. You think he's definitely doing something in the ring? Yes, yes, yes. What makes you think that? Just because of the Alamo Dome? Oh, my God, bro. It's the Alamo Dome. It's um, He still looks great. The last time I interviewed him, which was not long ago, I did not get the feeling that he was done by any means. He, he talked to me like a little bit around the block a couple of times about like money and, you know, not making the money he once did. You know, he was kind of candid a little bit about that. Bro, that one payday, 
I mean, that's that could, oh, yeah. you know, I mean, this, bro, he's definitely working at the Royal Rumble. There's no doubt about it. Well, if he does a payday there, you, you would imagine that it would lead to WrestleMania. Yeah. Something. Why, why, at why would, you know, bro, why wouldn't he? That's what it really comes down to. Why would he? he, he come on. He's definitely. I remember a couple of years ago they did that. It was an in-ring angle that had like, it ended with Shawn Michaels super kicking Daniel Bryan because you wondered who he would side with, his student or his buddy Triple H. And everybody thought that's the direction they were going to go. And I was pumped. I was like, well, this is the right thing. And WWE being WWE, they weren't doing anything with it. They had no plans. They were going to leave it with Shawn Michaels super kicking Daniel Bryan. And Shawn Michaels had to be like, uh, no, you need this guy to get his heat back. Yep. He's 20 years younger than me. Bro, let him like, get a team Bro, back. what about like I I I swear to God, I think it's hysterical. And this is why outside of Fightful, I'm not bro, I'm not talking about SmackDown or Raw on my own shows anymore at all. I'm only doing it here on Fightful. But I just think it's so comical because I don't forget things, bro. Because as a writer, I'm I try to be as thorough as possible. I still can't get over the fact that Triple H came back and screwed Rollins and like and like and Nothing. nobody says anything about it, bro. Like nobody says anything about it. And I to this day I'm still like, are you are you freaking kidding me, bro? You, you know what I love about Breaking Bad, uh sometimes The Walking Dead, True Detective, season one at least, Fargo. There are not wasted moments on that show. Yeah. By and large. Yeah. Everything that happens means something down the line. Did you ever get to watch Fargo season one? Yes, I watched both seasons. So do you remember, you know how we hated the UFO twist at the end of season two? Yeah. Ugh, ugh. They at least paid that off way beforehand. Did you notice that? No, bro. Tell me about that. So, you know, the guy in season two that's the detective, he's the guy in season one that runs the diner. That's him years later. Yeah. And in that diner, when somebody walks in, he goes, and it was the brightest light you would ever see. And he's talking about the UFO that happened 20 years before, 20, 30 years before. They paid that off before they ever did it. Yeah. WWE can't pay off stuff that they're doing week to week. Yeah, it's just it's just blow. And, and what, here's what they do in the process that they don't understand, bro. They bury Seth Rollins. That's what yeah. they do in the process. The fact that there was no payback, no nothing, they bury Seth Rod. That's what they don't get, bro. AJ Styles has been really good about making sure they do that. Like when they did the double tap at the last pay-per-view, they had him backstage. And I was like, he better explain that because he, he has to. And he got on the mic and he said, of course I would tap. Everybody knows you can't – two people can't win a triple threat match. It's not elimination. I knew exactly what I was doing. And I was like, well, they should probably put that on TV instead yeah, of just but even, even even that doesn't make any sense. Well, they got to explain that. Yeah. That's another thing they don't do, Vince. Yeah. I have a guy, uh one of one of the he actually uh tweets for us during SmackDown, does some great work, Kyler James. And he sent me a thing and he said, "Why is it a DQ if you put somebody through a regular table but not the announce table?" And I was well, like, they should they need. There's a million why things not, like that, bro. Why not have Corey Graves every Wednesday on WWE.com or the network do WWE rules? And yeah. he explains, well, this is why. Oh, well, they they pull the monitors out before they put somebody through the table because they're fined $100,000 or something ridiculous because WWE has to go and seek out these CRT TVs they don't make anymore Yeah, because they don't have delay on them. That's why those are so important to us. They need. They gotta explain. No, I'm, I'm why. With you. I'm why with do you. all tag team rules get abandoned in the last three minutes of a match yeah. when everybody's just running in? I'm. Yeah, I'm with you. They gotta explain it. It. They won't because yeah. Vince thinks well, you're, you're idiots. We're idiots, so it's okay. Well, to be fair, I do forget a lot of the shit that happens from a week to week basis because it's not important. Yeah. Man, what did you enjoy on Monday's Raw? Anything? I want that Broman throw, that Broman tossing that guy was memorable. Broman? Strowman. Uh, <laughs> what else was there? Um, trying to think. What was the main event again, bro? Oh, Goldberg was, was good. Goldberg. Yeah, I put Goldberg over. Goldberg was good. Um, I just, bro, like, it, bro, he, he, like he, this is what I mean. It was 634, 
and Owens and Jericho ended with the same exact thing they did the two weeks prior. So you literally could not have watched the first 34 minutes of the show. Like, bro, when I write a show, to me, like, something should always advance the story. Something should always yes. move it along. The first 34 minutes of that show was the exact same thing those two guys did the last two weeks. That's what I mean. Like, that's what I mean, bro. You know, you're sitting there for 34 minutes for what? It's just, God, man, it's just a total, total, total waste of time. What are you looking forward to out of WWE? Anything? I'm going to, I want to really think about that, bro. Let me, th- let me think about that. Cause I don't want to say, just say no, because sure. I don't, I don't think I am. Um, I'm trying to think of something that I think, that you know, you like, bro, like I would say, see, here's the problem, Sean. Like I would say the Goldberg Lesnar build, but I don't say that because I'm like, okay, how many weeks is Lesnar not going to be on the show? How many weeks is Goldberg not going to be on the show? You you know what I mean? Like, if I knew those two were going to be on every show and there was going to be a build every single week and the story was going to progress and move forward, I might be interested in that. But when you know, okay, you know, Lesnar ain't on every show. Goldberg's not going to be on every show. That right there tells you it's going to suck. That, that, that's the problem. If I knew these guys were full-time players and they're going to be on every show leading up to the pay-per-view, I might get interested to see how they book it. But, you know, that's not going to be the case. And quite frankly, I, and I'll, I'll be the bad guy here, I am so sick and tired of hearing freaking Paul Heyman. I'm so tired of his promos. I'm so tired of looking at him. I'm so tired of my client. I'm so tired of my name is. I, I want to puke. And you know you're going to get that because you're not going to get Brock Lesnar on every show. So it's like, how could you get excited about that? I think they're alternating shows until Survivor Series. But my problem is all the killing of time they do. They don't put stuff on TV because it's interesting or because people want to see it. They do it to kill time. They're yeah. trying to, well, let's just get to the pay-per-view. Yep. Like, ah, damn. Yep. I remember when that didn't happen. Yeah. I remember when if if big stuff needed to happen, it would happen when it needed to happen. Yeah. I remember Steve Austin, I think, beating The Undertaker on Raw for the title. And I was going crazy. Yeah. It's just something that has to happen. Now the only time like a title or, or the world title will ever change hands on Raw is if it's been vacated or it's a transitional thing. It's never just something that should happen. Bro, you, you know when I really see it, Sean, like, you know, bro, he, he, here's where I really see it. You know, bro, you know I work with Rocky Mountain Pro. And, you know, bro, like these yeah. guys, you know, you, two of them were on Raw. But, you know, bro, a lot of these guys, they're men. Like, you know, a lot of them are late 20s, 30s. You know, they've been around the block a few times. You know, Sam Udell was over at NXT. Uh, you know, a couple of the guys, you know, the gorillas have worked at ROH. These guys have been around the block. Bro, here's when you really know it. When you sit down with wrestlers and people in the business and they don't even watch Raw because they can't, that, that's yeah. when you know, bro, when people in the freaking business that are striving to get there can't even watch the show, that tells you everything you need to know. And, bro, wrestlers do not watch Raw. Freaking Disco's on my show every week. He does not watch Raw wrestlers do not watch that show it it didn't always used to be that way yeah raw is is a tough watch (laughs) needless to say it is a tough watch guys fightful.com place to be go there register free account no charge no credit card anything like that our forums, I think, overall, very, very soon. We've got a lot of other, we've got a lot of visual changes, more features for you all to check out. Fightful.com slash wrestling slash MMA slash boxing. You can go to those individual home pages, bookmark those. If you're not a fan of MMA or boxing or wrestling, you can individualize it. Lots of cool stuff there, guys. We have exclusive stories up on GSP, on Hulk Hogan. Uh, Kendall Grove and tonight's Bellator 162. Bobby Lashley fights there tonight. We'll have a, what's, a live what's, viewing party. What's GSP? George St. Pierre. Oh, okay. Okay. 
Yes. He Bro, how's, Fife, how's, how's Fifeful doing? Pretty good. Yeah. Because I know good. you. Uh, I know you work around the clock, bro, on Fightful. I do. I know you do. I've taken, including my wedding, I think three days off in the let's see, four months we've been open now. See, see, Sean, I don't think I could do what you do, bro. Because like, what I like to do, Sean, is I like to get up at the crack of dawn. And I like to have my work done by a certain time. That's why I could never be a news guy like you because yeah. I can't, bro. I can't do it. Like, well, I like to get up, get my podcast done, whatever I got to do, be done at a reasonable time. I'm done with it. I give yeah. you all the credit in the world, bro. I don't like it. What you do is very, very, very difficult. Well, I, I wake very late anyway because, as I mentioned before, I know the WWE and UFC's news cycle. Like, they don't want to put out news at. Yeah. 8, 9 a.m. Eastern because then on the West Coast, it's 5, 6 a.m. and right. nobody's going to know about it. Right. When I worked for White Culture, I was contracted to them and they gave me a certain hours, a certain number of hours. Well, because they were based in the UK, I would want to get done early because, you know, nobody's going to be around to edit your shit otherwise, which I didn't like. But then I started to wake up much earlier, like 9 a.m. I was like, well, I'll just get this done and it be over with. Now that I'm, you know, Fightful success is very dependent on me and vice versa. So I have to figure out WWE's news cycle, make time for my wife, uh, yeah. make sure everything gets edited. Sean, I got to tell you this, and I mean this, and bro, I'm not going to, like, I'm not saying this to put you over. Because, you know, bro, there have been instances where I don't like you very much. You know <laughs> that. But I got to say this, bro. I, I do have to say this. You know, working with you at Wrestling Inc. and now working with you at Fightful, bro, like, if a if if a popular website, especially a startup, does not have somebody as dedicated as a Sean Ross Sap, forget it, bro. Because yeah. what you do is twenty four seven. It doesn't matter if it's a Saturday or a Sunday. News is constantly breaking, and if you don't have somebody one hundred percent dedicated to it. With with how competitive it is, forget about it. And that's why, bro, like I sit here and I tell you, I could not do uh, what you do. I couldn't. And we try to set ourselves apart. Obviously, we have the podcasts like with you, with with uh, Matt, with, with Showdown Joe. We get exclusive stories, interviews and stuff. But, yeah, like I had always said before, like I don't know that there were a lot of people that – to cover wrestling, it's it's awesome. I love it. I would do nothing else. But this, it's what I remember one day I just woke up and I was like, I can't do anything but cover wrestling and MMA. That's what I want to do. But to do that and to work from home, you got to make a lot of sacrifices like your time. Don't have a lot of time. That's a bummer. But before we go, Vince, tell them about the brand because you also are working almost every day. Yeah, well, the brand, I'm, I'm doing a little shift, you know, uh, Sean, and I've been wanting to do it for a long time. And I'll tell you why, Sean. You know, like, listen, man, you cover you cover all wrestling. You cover MMA, too. And I think MMA, you know, I mean, I think we've just scratched the surface on MMA. But I've always been concerned about putting all my eggs in the wrestling basket because I, I'm a numbers guy. And, you know, I don't think wrestling's as popular mass-wise as it used to be. And since my, uh, you know, my living is dependent on just wrestling because I'm, I'm not an MMA guy. Um, you know, I, I've always had a problem of putting all my eggs in one basket. I don't want to depend on, you know, a 70 year old man who can't get anybody over anymore uh, being the reason whether or not Vince Russo was successful or not. So I'm I'm trying to branch out into other things now with the brand. I'm trying to be a little bit more entertaining. I, I, I've, I've always wanted to do radio my whole life. Howard Stern, that was always the job that I wanted. I never wanted to get into wrestling. I wanted to be Howard Stern. So I'm just opening up the envelope a little bit more now with the brand. Um, and, you know, you can follow me Monday through Friday. It's going to be a lot more fun. It's going to be a lot more entertainment involved. And, um, you know, Rocky Mountain Pro's alive and well. As a matter of fact, bro, we have a taping tomorrow that I have to get prepared for. Do you want to talk about that situation any? Yeah, I mean, basically, bro, like we had a deal. We had a contract with the Hunt Channel um, that we were going to be on, you know, their, their network on Dish TV. Everything was in writing. Everything was illegal. 
was illegal, was legal. <laughs> what they failed to tell us, Sean, that we found out after the fact was they purchase their time from a parent network that's called Angel 2. Well, by the name of Angel 2, you could tell that that is a Christian network. Nobody mm-hmm. told us that, bro, because if Hunt Channel would have said, just so you guys know, we purchase our time from a Christian network, immediately that would have been a red flag saying, do you really think a Christian network is going to take professional wrestling? I mean, like, hello? Like, no. So they never told us that. They disclosed that from us. Two days before the show was supposed to air, Hunt Channel sent it to Angel 2 for approval. And Angel 2 came back and said, didn't even give us a chance to edit anything. They basically said, no way, no how are we ever going to air this show on our network. And that was two days before it was supposed to air. So Rocky Mountain Pro is going forward. Nothing's changes. We spent a lot of money in production and upping our game. We have TV tapings this weekend. We got uh, three great shows in the can. And, um, you know, I mean, we're, we're, we're looking for a alternative right now. There are some possibilities, but we're looking. Can't wait to check that out. I'm excited. Bro, I'm going to send you, Sean, I'm going to send you, seriously, bro, I'm going to send you the link to the first show. That'd be great. Because I want you to see, bro, because I think, bro, like, I think if you watch this show, I think you would say, yeah, I I, I would come back and watch this. I don't know if, if we could say that about Raw every week, but I think a simple show like this, you would look at it and say, you know what? There was enough here. I'm interested. I want to see what they do next week. Is Nikita LaFleur on the show? Uh, no, she's not. Mar- Marty Bell is, and the, the, the best you've ever seen her. The best. <sighs> no, Nikita LaFleur. Yeah. Nikita's great. How do you know Nikita? She, she followed me on Twitter. Yeah, Nikita's great. Bro, I know three girls from Minnesota. Bro, there's something about Minnesota chicks. I don't know what it is, but the toughest freaking girls come out of Minnesota, man. Hmm. Medusa, Nikita, Goldilocks, oh, yeah. Goldilocks too. Goldilocks, yes. I forgot about that. Bro, girls you from, had her on, didn't you? Yeah, girls from Minnesota, bro, are freaking tough. Guys, I am back Monday. Or, yeah, Monday. No WWE pay-per-view this weekend, I don't think. I don't know. Maybe there is. Oh, bro, please, please say no. Please, bro, look it up. Please say no. Please, please. Please, Let's see. please. <laughs> I hope there's Sean, not. please. No, it's next weekend. Oh, oh yo, well, yeah, great, bro. I'll be coming home from England, and I'll be all excited to watch the WWE pay-per-view. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you can just stop off in New England, where the pay-per-view is going to be, at the TD Garden, yeah. Boston, Massachusetts. Thank What's God, no, really? this weekend, yeah. We are back Monday night with Alex Palowski. Trina is on her honeymoon. Sorry to break all of your hearts, guys. Um, Who's this Trina character? She's a girl. We want to you know, expand, our, expand our demographic, Vince. So what is she doing, Trina? She makes guys swoon over her as she talks about Raw. Well, so what? She's got like a Raw review show, Trina? She, she joins us on the Raw review. Okay. Hottie tie. Is she a hottie toddy? I'm married, Vince. Well, you can say if a girl's hot or not, but I'm not saying you're a trap. We'll be back Monday night, you guys. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows granger has got the right product he needs to get the job done which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.